0: Welcome a the 15th tea, fifteenth, of in the shadow of Vesuvio. Already upset at my Italian pronunciation. Yeah. Very, very far away from me, Henry Bell, is Michele Borelli, who is in Napoli, uh, Maestro di Biglietti. Michele, how the hell are you, man? I'm fine, man. I'm fine. Been on holiday for what it seems like,
1: like two months now. It's <laughs> Which like,
0: is- it's. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Like All our American colleagues who podcast are just going through the summer. But you and me, we have just been living la dolce vita, no?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And that was in Sardinia as well, just a month ago, well, less than. Is it a coincidence that both you and I have spent a lot of time in Sardinia over the summer? And today we confirm Salvatore Sirigu, the Sardinian goalkeeper. Do you think that's a coincidence, Michele? Yes, the answer is That's, you're supposed to say no to that. Uh, the answer to... is
1: no. The answer is no. Of of course not, man. This this what... don't just happen. You know, there, there is a reason why why we signed. Uh,
0: yeah, what people can't see because this is an audio show is that actually on the Zoom call are Aurelia uh Cristiano Trontoli and Luciano Spalletti. they they're watching and they send us things in the chat, right? Mostly to do with ice cream. But um yeah, so they, they do what we say. Anyway, yeah, we've been on holes. You we went to a really posh bit of Sardinia, didn't you? You were like, where were you again? I was in the northeast side of Sardinia,
1: where all the uh the fancy towns, the and the rich people go. But I wasn't in a in a very like, I was like let's say I was like forty minutes away from the day, which is like still roughly northeast, but I wasn't I was up up on the hills. So I didn't I didn't spend a lot of the money. Actually, it was one of the cheapest holidays I've ever I've ever had. But yeah. such
0: a a man of business, of frugal means, that only yeah. you could go to northeastern Sardinia, yeah. which is one of the most expensive places to go on holiday, dear listeners, and and save money. I don't believe it. I think you're on a yacht with with Berlusconi. But you did send me a good picture of you in flip-flops um uh putting your middle finger up to a very um Yes, yeah, to, to a
1: Gucci store or something in Porto Cervo, which is which was an, an experience in and of itself because it's Porto Cervo is famous for being one of the richest towns in in, in Sardinia, especially in the summer. You know, there is full of yachts, it's full of um like, like super rich people. And obviously the shopping street, the shopping street of this in the center of Porto Cervo is full of these, you know, Dolce Gabbana, Armani, only only these brands. And uh I you were
0: walking did,
1: down that street with yeah. your Napoli shirt on. and your No, cloths. not the Napoli shirt, but, you know, like I was, I was coming, like we, we, we went to the beach earlier in the day and then we decided not to go home and shower, but to go to Porto Cervo straight away. So I was in beach attire, you know, I was with beach clothes. I was with my flip-flops and, uh, yeah, Rock my, ball, my swimming, well, maybe not the swimming stuff, so, but yeah, I mean, still beach, beach clothes and, uh. And then we yeah took a walk in the streets around. I was surrounded by Gucci, you know, all this Prada and everything. And then I looked down and I saw my €2.50 flip-flops from Decathlon, yes, which I bought yes. six years ago and are still intact. One of the best purchases of my life.
0: I don't want to think about what they smell like. Thank God this is audio. The um, Joe's drama may be dead, but his spirit lives on in you. Very, very rock and roll. Now, before we get... Uh, what are we doing? What's 15 in the Napoli tombola? This is uh, why people really listen.
1: Yes. And then, then they switch off. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, that's yeah. like, I mean, see you later,
1: Number 15 is still boring, unfortunately, but hold on. Hold on. And uh, yeah, let's wait for the next episode. But number 15 in the Napoleon tombola is Owayon, which is Il Ragazzo, which is the boy. So, you know, the boy. Nothing, nothing fancy Yeah, Very generic, pretty generic. But yeah, yeah, it's okay,
0: number 15. O-O-I-Yon. Well, that's what we do. We give you the we give you, you know, the perspective of Napoli direct from the cheetah. what well, you do on this podcast. So there we go, that's number 15. And yeah, I mean, we have to be a bit quick today because I'm I'm in Sardinia with my my in-laws and uh La Mia Che and gonna be ready quite soon, and I don't wanna I don't wanna get the wrong side of them. Um you know, because you've been such a good example, Michele. You were talking about watching football with your um, potential future father, or your girlfriend's dad, and you know it seems like you got on quite well through a mutual loathing of of Napoli's performance. So you've set the bar high. That I've <laughs> got to hit that. I can't be late for dinner. Um, but quickly what any any non napoli football news you want to share it's raining
1: it's raining a lot every day like huge thunderstorms every day around like 6, 6 7 p.m huge huge one uh, the whole week the whole week has been like this which is, is which is ruining my plans for a boat day around iskia and proshida which was supposed to oh. happen on on tuesday and it was postponed to Friday, but now it's not gonna happen because again it's raining every day. Every day, just in the evening, well, afternoon, late afternoon, but it's raining why, a lot. Why
0: is rain bad for a boat trip? Just you know, I'm not a sailor. Well, why? It's why not just rain?
1: raining. It's this. It's just like big, big storms, big, big storms. They come from the. No, we don't want to be in a storm. To about the storm. They come
0: from behind. You know. He wrote well, a play about that called The Tempest, which features the only Neapolitan characters in the Shakespeare canon. No, really? Can't. Yeah. Uh, you have Alonzo, the King of Naples. In fact, they're on a trip. Sorry, everybody. We will talk about football soon. But the, the play takes place because the, the daughter of the King of Naples has got married to somebody in Tunis. And so they set off from Naples to Tunis. And they're on the way back when The Tempest happens in the play. And the play happens on an island. That's- so there you go. Sorry, everybody. Okay, that's enough of that. So oh, it's raining. Christ. People actually um, like
1: it, you know, when you talk about theater.
0: Really? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, if they, only my they, students were me. the same. Alora, any- <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so we've had... I mean, so much stuff has happened since we've done this, but, like, let's concentrate on theater because we haven't got much time. So Doris Mertens, and lots of people have said lots of things. My... In a second, I want you to tell me some of your favourite stadium memories of Dries. So when you were in Cordova B at the Stadio San Paolo, which then also became Stadio Diego Maradona, chiro has straddled both eras. So if you could just, whilst you're thinking of that, the only thing I want to say is just how wonderful that video was that he posted with the Max Richter um, soundtrack, which is his reimagining of Vivaldi's four seasons. It's a beautiful piece of music. I thought it was very interesting that there were more, well, probably about an equal balance of footage of Chiro in, in the city, in Naples, as there was of him on the pitch. And I thought that was obviously something that he'd thought about. And I was thinking there's not many players that would do that on an exit video. And, it, you know, it did get me a bit emotional. I think it was quite clever as well. as quite a clever sort of raising of a middle finger to perhaps mm-hmm. a person that we like to talk about on this show quite a lot. But anyway, aside from that, and we'll talk about your immediate reaction to the video, but what when I say think of a stadium memory of, of Chiero, what's the first thing that kind of comes into your head or what's the sort of memorable moments that you can remember of seeing him? Maybe
1: Real Madrid, Napoli. No, Napoli Real Madrid, obviously. Because Real Madrid, Napoli was in Madrid, but it's uh, yeah Real Ma- Napoli Real Madrid. I think he was he scored the first goal. And uh, yeah, I I I say I think because obviously we lost the game, and I don't go and watch highlights of Napoli losses. Yeah. Obviously, I don't think anybody does. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know that uh, they, that that goal was important. I mean, it was. I mean, we just needed uh, we needed, I think, a two two nil win to go ahead, and I think he scored at the end of the uh, the first half. if I remember correctly, so that was quite nice, you know, and. uh it was, the I think, Mertens' best season with us, which was, sure. yeah, very unexpected. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a sad story and uh, it makes me extremely sad. I'm way sadder about Mertens than I am about Koulibaly, than I am about Insigne, than I am about most other players. You know, I think it could be the saddest I've ever been regarding a player leaving. You know, I've been angry. Players leaving, but sad, mm, you know, like when Guarella left, I was angry, I wasn't sad, because again he left for to go to Juventus, and we didn't know what was behind it, so yeah, we were exactly, all yeah. really angry we didn't know
0: the full picture, yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah, when Higuain left, which is the most devastated transfer I've ever experienced in my life, which sure. still I still have scars from it, and it changed the way I. I look at players and the club and in general, but uh I was extremely angry at that. I wasn't sad, maybe not at the player at least
0: but, so what uh, what is it about about Chiro's exit that makes you sad? Is it because he really felt like he was he was really, really one of us, you know like uh, this phrase is,
1: is yeah, this phrase is is thrown around a lot, you know oh, he's one of us, he's one of us, but i don't I don't say it lightly um. He was. One it's of hard
0: us. to get that status in Naples, isn't it? It's not. You know not just. Not everyone gets embraced as uno uno denore.
1: That's true, you know. But uh, then again, Napoli fans are very easy to, to, have to say, you know, like to, to to be to be friends with, to be the heroes or the hero, of, you know, because it's you know it's to a certain it, level. To a certain was, level, but to, yeah,
0: like, the status that chiaro has got, man, it's like it's something else. That's or, true. Am I That's making that up?
1: No, 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 you're not making it up. It's just that, like, I've I've seen similar things, although shorter, about players like Cavani, Lavezzi and stuff like that, you know, and players like, oh, obviously, Amsik, Um, But, I don't know, with Mertens, it feels different, you know, maybe Hamsik decided to leave. And he left in a way which was kind of strange, you know, in the middle of January, um and he wasn't playing no. very well. He didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. He sort of
0: run out of gas, didn't Sadly yeah, played and... him into the ground. Whereas Chiro, maybe Ciro... this also adds to the sadness that he, he played well last season, like he still had something to give. Yeah. And but... to be honest, even if he didn't, I would be very happy with him staring at carrying on being in the yeah. in the squad. Did you cry when you watched the video?
1: I didn't, but I was close to. I swear I was close to. I I didn't but it was i think it was a very well made video it didn't feel forced like many or or, or generic like many mm-hmm. videos or posts from players who leave so i actually I actually i liked it a lot it i could i could i could feel that he didn't want to leave but then again we don't know why he left um you know some people say he left because he wanted he wanted more money some people say he left because he he wanted to play more. I, we don't know. And, uh, maybe we'll never know because Mertens is too, too smart to actually yeah. talk bad about the club. You know, maybe, I I mean, I mean, we know. I mean, I, I have my, my opinions, obviously. And most of the time it's, well, well, I mean, we, you know, we fault to this, but still, yeah, I, yeah. I think probably in this, it's, it's a mixture of, I, I don't think it's about money. You know, I don't think Mertens will make it about money. Uh, I think it's about Spalletti. Let's not forget that the last thing, um, the, the last thing which happened uh, last season was Spalletti and Mertens um, arguing about what happened during the season and why Napoli finished uh, third. Which Spalletti such said a was it yeah, was, was a, a really big, big achievement. Moment. Yeah, Spalletti said, oh, such a big achievement, it's going to be hard to achieve the same thing next season. And uh yeah, the season was, the, the league was much difficult, uh, much more difficult this, uh, this season and stuff. And Mertens, after like two minutes, he got interviewed by the same television and he said, yeah, we, we underachieved, uh, it's, it's, uh, we missed a big opportunity, we should have done more. And then Spalletti, no, actually I think it was Sp- Mertens first, because then Spalletti got asked, yeah, but you know, Mertens said, you underachieved. And then Spalletti replied, if Merton says we are underachieved, it means that it's someone's fault. So he must say whose fault it is, which was a way of saying, yeah, he's blaming me, but he needs to say it, you know?
0: And, um, I think, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I agree that it was very sad. I watched it after a few glasses of wine, got a bit, totes emotion. You know, I, there was a tear in my eye and the music. So when I just, when I teach acting and theater, I used that piece of music by Max Richter. It's called Recomposed. When I, when I was sort of trying to get people in a bit of an emotional state. So it's an absolute killer. There's that and there's a piece of music by Arvo Pert, the Estonian composer called Spiegel im Spiegel, which is exactly the same thing. It just makes everybody cry. So <laughs> I was like, Dries, you absolutely bastard. You've chosen the piece of music that's going to absolutely send me off. And I think, I mean, I sent, I wrote a slightly semi-lucid, slightly alcohol-filled thread where I was sort of comparing Dries to a Napoli to factory records in Manchester it was part of my upbringing and how one of the reasons I love Napoli is it's not like any other club it's a bit like factory records it, what it used to be it's run in a way that's like celebrating the city and doing really whatever the fuck it wants to do and there's something about Dries Merton's going which makes sense in a footballing way makes me feel like I really hope we're not just turning into any other club you know what I mean like it's it's a footballing decision that might may or may not make sense but it just felt a bit wrong and there's pictures of, of Ciro in Turkey have you seen him in the Galatasaray shirt he looks he doesn't look 100% happy there's not a lot of sort of laughter behind the eyes which we're so used to seeing Yeah, that um, was the
1: picture which broke me the picture with Mershten's uh, Kat, and Ciro with the Galatasaray, Galata shirt, you know, it's, it, it feels like from a parallel universe.
0: Yeah, uh, no, did it's you a see what little cheater, happened Did you see what little Chiller was wearing? He was wearing a, a Napoli shirt, uh, t-shirt that had like Naples written or something on his on his little t-shirt. I mean, very please. sad. That was very you, sad. You're making us all cry. So, okay, we haven't got time to go into the ins and outs. We're going to be covering this right the way through the season. But I think with your Napoli ticket. Tickets hat on Michele your capello di biglietti di Napoli. Sorry, I apologize. Um, season ticket sales, we've sold about five thousand. That's not very many. Is that abnormal? Not many. Uh, first of all, I think I don't think that number is accurate because
1: Napoli doesn't release um, doesn't release any official data about season tickets. I mean, at least not yet. I don't think they will. Uh, I don't. So I do think it's an estimate. Uh, I don't think it's a, it's too far from it. That doesn't seems, if I have to be honest, that doesn't seems optimistic <laughs> so far. <laughs> I mean, based on what I know, it seems a little bit optimistic. So okay, so um, I,
0: I'm going to zoom in on this. So based on what you know, so you're in the city, most of your friends are Napoli fans, your family are Napoli fans, you are a Napoli fan. What? And there's people on social media who I think in a lovely way of trying to get themselves more optimistic about the season looking at this and saying well the Mercato is a way of refreshing the squad Spalletti's building this team in his own image maybe we'll get Raspadori I thought I think that's going to happen but anyway um, we've got Simeone we've got these people coming in the squad's got younger but everyone I know in Naples is just miserable about the whole thing so what's the word on the street what are the feelings about this season which starts in the next few days
1: Unfortunately, it's indifferent, which is even sadder, you know, because it's if you're angry, then you're feeling something. If you're sad, you're feeling something, if you're happier, but people are mostly indifferent so far. And uh, yeah, it's, it's quite sad that I, I, do, I do belong to that um, well, to that, to that uh, group of people who don't feel much or at all anything at all about about the new season i do i don't know like i i honestly i honestly don't know what to expect i well see you know like the meme you know i didn't i, did, I didn't have any expectations and i'm still disappointed i expected nothing yeah that's what's gonna happen but still um people around me you know when i said because I, well for better or worse i got my season ticket and when i told people mm-hmm. that i got the season ticket people literally laughed at me and said, why? You know, they asked me, why, why would you do that? You know, like they honestly, it's again, but again, it's not like, it's not like they say we are not going to get the season ticket because we are protesting against this season that they just don't see any reason why they should go to the show. They should be interested about the new season at all, which is much said, ex- expect the, uh, ex- except the day where I actually argued uh, with my barber which um, called me a chicken because I got the season ticket, and then yeah, he's a very anti De Laurentiis. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, he said, "Yeah, you're giving money to." It. Yeah, it was a big argument that we had. And he said, "Yeah, you're giving money to the guy. You don't have to give money to the guy." I said, "You look, I'm gonna well, get my season ticket, and maybe, maybe I'm gonna go there and gonna shout at De La that that is um, not very smart." But still, I'm going to go to the stadium, you know, and uh, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, otherwise, what's the difference between a Napoli fan and a non-Napoli fan? If you don't watch the games, if you don't go to the stadium, if you don't do anything about the team, I mean, what's the point? But yeah, yeah, no, except from that guy, most people are um, indifferent. They are very disillusioned. They, I haven't talked too much about Napoli with anyone. People are really not interested. There isn't much to talk about anyway.
0: So, I mean, these new signings aren't really making any difference. So, Kim coming in and uh, the fact that Raspadori is on the horizon, maybe, or Simeone coming in.
1: Who cares? Coming. I mean, it's and maybe he's going to be the best player ever, but I mean, Raspadori gets us excited. Come on. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Raspadori doesn't get anyone excited. Let's be honest. Kvaraxelia, maybe, but he needs to be discovered. Then we need to see what he's capable of. So far, you know. I mean, Koulibaly has left in I mean, you know the list, and maybe a few more people will leave, like Fabian. I think um, Fabian's off, man. Again, I thought he was off. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, I agree. Most people don't really, I, again, they're not sad or angry about players leaving. Also, because some players have to leave, like Fabian and Koulibaly. If they didn't leave, if they hadn't left, obviously we would have
0: lost money next next year when uh, their contract expired and that, so the aspect of the business side of that is actually I think fair enough and I think um but the the indifference and the sort of apathy towards the team probably comes from a sense of resignation of thinking well this was always going to happen we were always going to lose these but these players never actually stay um it's it strikes me hearing you talk there and hearing other people in the city so is there any way back? Like what needs to happen? Yeah. yeah, and of
1: course, I mean Napoli fans are very emotional, you know. So if you win the the, the first 5 5 games then Carcelia becomes Claradona. and yeah. Uh, yeah, Raspadori if he comes at all becomes yeah, becomes uh yeah, the best uh, the best player ever. So yeah, I mean it's it doesn't take too much, but then again, the, obviously the market is not helping because it's, I think mm-hmm. it's objective. Objectively speaking, we've become weaker, a weaker side. Okay. I if got anything, a lot of
0: trouble for saying that on Twitter. No, but it's okay. obje-
1: I think it's objective. No? If you if you pay 120 million uh, euros of wages and then you sell players and then you buy new players and your new wages are 80 million or 70 million, so much, I don't know how much it is for sure or how much it's going to end up being. I mean, mm-hmm. objectively, you sold. I mean expensive players to buy unproven one you know because I mean people want to get excited about Carcelia but he's unproven you know he's unproven and he'll be you know. for
0: some of the season he'll be really good Michele but for some of it Sure he won't. I mean because yeah. he's a kid and he's in a new league and we shouldn't put that pressure on him like no, I don't think that's But fair. then again
1: it's he's, he's going to start mm. so I mean but, we have to put I mean he's going to have the pressure what kind of exactly, pressure That's
0: what I mean about the Mercato. is like actually well, you should have probably signed someone more established and Um,
1: let me say something about the season tickets because it's important and i've seen a lot of confusion about that so it's again if it's not five thousand maybe it's four maybe six i'm not sure but the main reason why in other than everything we've said so far the main reason is that uh the general sale started on monday last monday which is so if you're not listening obviously when this is out it was the 8th of August. So a lot of clubs in, in Italy have started this season tickets late May and we've started the 8th of August and uh, I've got asked on, on Twitter why, why? Why is Napoli starting so late? And the answer is as usual, when, when things don't make sense with Napoli, the usual answer is incompetence, in my opinion. So they got asked this question in late June because they had a press conference and they, like, I think the, the, the head of The head of communication, Napoli, got asked, why? No, the head of marketing got asked, why are you not selling season tickets yet? And he said, ah, but you know, there's still time. You know, the first game, the first one game is on the first of. Yeah, you were saying
0: on on the last show, and now there isn't time, and we haven't really sold very many. I think, yeah. Okay. So,
1: no, but even worse, even worse, and this is something which happened today, because today the Napoli Monza ticket sale has started. And while we're selling Navoli Monza tickets, the season tickets are still selling, which doesn't make any sense at all to me because I've checked it twice and the same seats are selling for both the season tickets and the Monza tickets. So obviously, if I buy, I mean, logically, if I think about it, if I buy a Monza ticket, then I'm taking the seat of someone who's not going to have that seat for the season ticket, right? So yeah, if in theory, in theory, it's not gonna happen. But if in theory, Napoli Monza sells out, and if it sells out in two days, in theory, but it's not gonna happen, then everyone wants to get a season ticket. five days after the sale has started. Are not gonna find any, I mean, are not gonna find any season tickets. I think no, because it's obviously the the, the seats for the yeah for the Monza game are gone. So what well, are they'll they get doing? A
0: season ticket, and they won't be able to go and see Monza, which doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. And they cost they a lot do? of money, and they it's cost a, good a lot.
1: Question. Yeah, they, they did. I was
0: looking.
1: Yeah, I got asked. I got asked today on Twitter why is it so expensive, and my theory is that they want to. They they saw that they didn't sell many season tickets, and they are trying to push the season tickets by telling people, "Look, if you think it's gonna be cheap to buy single game tickets instead of getting the season tickets, then you're wrong." Because curva for Monza, which is a, uh, I mean Monza, it's Monza. Is 30 euros. 30 euros. It's say, a lot.
0: 30 euros. And it was 20 euros. euros for me to go and see the last home, home game of the season in Corker yeah. B. Last year, um, I
1: think against Inter it, uh, and Milan, I think it was 25. If I remember yeah. correctly. I might Which be wrong, much. but it was either 20 or 25. That's how well, much it Monza- was.
0: Monza will feature the centre-back, Andrea Carboni, who is from the small village <laughs> that I am currently sat in. So I don't want to, again, get in trouble with my in-laws. 30 euros is cheap to see such fine sporting talent from the, yeah. the Nuoro region of Sardinia. Yeah, the okay. demand is
1: crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. it's all for him. Ciao, Andrea. Allora. Um, okay, we have to move on because we don't have huge time. because I will get in trouble for not coming down for dinner. Now, we're doing a new thing, listeners if you want to ask Michele and I a question, pop us a follow on our new Twitter account at Shadow of Vesuvio. I'll plug it again later, but we've just set it up. Please do follow us and drop us a DM. And we'll give you the details about how to send in a recorded question, which we're going to play. So we have our first question from the Presidente of Napoli Twitter, Rafa ciao Rafa. And we're going to play this question
2: Now. Il dottore di calcio Henry. Il maestro dei biglietti Michele. Ciao, come stai? Rafa here. And I have a really quick question. Uh, It's for Michele. Michele, I can't help but remember you saying this from episode 9. And if you guys want to go back and listen, it's about 46 minutes into it. I mean, you should listen to the whole show. You should listen to every show. But... Miquela, you said something that when I'm here trying to put closure on the Kulibali departure, because that hit me really hard this uh, summer, my question to you is the cryptic action of Kulibali staying around and staring at the Kurva B during the protests while he, you know, Angisa and Osimen were there. And Guy Sossumann left, and he stayed around to kind of stare a little bit longer. And I know you say that it's because they got closer. And, you know, when you protest, you protest everybody and not just... You don't differentiate between players. Um, But then he leaves. Somebody that's supposed to be the next captain of Napoli decides this is going to be it. I will not re-sign my contract. I will leave. My question is, did that have anything at all to do with Koulibaly's departure? Was his mind made up for him at that moment? Because I got to tell you, I'll never forget you saying that while listening to that episode when it first aired. And it's very cryptic in my opinion. But um, grazie for taking my question and uh, Forza Napoli sempre.
0: Grazie, Rafa. I very much liked how we were described there, uh, a dottore and a maestro. Mm-hmm. So, call about leaving anything to do with the ultra in a nutshell. Thanks for that question, today, Rafa. That, that is brilliant.
1: Thank you, Rafa. And uh, yeah, if you have any other question, please send it uh, also as a voice note if you want, which is quite nice. Yeah, I think voice notes. Nice yeah, form. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, the question, uh, Rafa's question is very interesting. And I think it's something a lot of people have been asking. Uh I mentioned um last uh well in May that uh after the last game, Koulibaly and well obviously the whole the whole team took a uh, around um you know around the stadium. They they walked around the stadium to 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 thank the fans and to say goodbye to the fans. And obviously it was uh an occasion for insignia to say goodbye mostly. But um but it was also uh, a way for uh, Koulibaly and Gulam to walk around and uh, i think i think probably well this i don't think anything happened for this game i think i'm confused yes because the game before the game before that was when
0: you gave him the eyes
1: yes exactly. so this game actually i was thinking about i was think, i was talking about that because i was thinking lately about that because i when basically what happened was Insignia was the first player of the group. And I'm talking about the last game, which was napoli Genoa. now, okay? Insigne was the first uh, player. So he was alone ahead of everyone. He was obviously saying goodbye to the fans. He was waving and stuff. Then the whole team was uh, walking behind him, but quite far away, like, I don't know, like 10 meters away. And then it was Koulibaly and Gulam all alone behind the team.
0: And they got a huge reception. I mean, I was sat next to you, McKenna.
1: Like- yeah, 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 absolutely. But I was thinking about that because um, I think what was happening was Koulibaly was forcing Gulam, which we knew was leaving, uh, to say goodbye. And Gulam is a very shy player, so Koulibaly pushed him to say goodbye to all of us. But uh, lately, I think Adel- De Laurentiis gave an interview where, when he said, um, I-, I think it was Junteli as well, I think it was Junteli, he said, "Kulibali asked us to leave in uh, April or May." So when Kulibali took that round um, after the the last game, he already knew that he would have left. Most I mean, most likely would have left. We would have still um, have to have um, received a, an offer, no? But still, I mean, he, by by then he would have asked to, to leave. So it was in a way, it was a goodbye by Kulibali as well. But was, what Rafa is mentioning is what happened before that. Which is the game after uh Empoli Napoli. Yeah. Um not sure which game
0: was it. I don't remember it. But it was the first home game, because that was away, obviously the Empoli game.
1: It was at the beginning of 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 uh yeah, it was it was it was it was, was Sasuolo, if I remember correctly. So it was the thirtieth of April. And it was yeah. six days after Empoli away, which I don't need to remind you what happened in Empoli away last oh season. God. But yeah, oh then, God. Uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of players uh, got, I mean, the whole team was booed and uh, yeah, a lot of protests against the club, the, the Laurentiis and the whole team, every player. And when Kulibali left and uh, this wasn't broadcast in television because again, it was like 20 minutes after the game ended. Kulibali was alone. It was, again, walking around the stadium saying goodbye to the fans. I mean, I mean, thanking the fans for having come to the stadium, obviously. And yeah. um, uh, something happened, which is rare. I think I mentioned it in the podcast we had after that. But um, uh, went was um, right in front of Curva B, which is the last section you walk by before going into the dressing room. And Curva B booed him. But not because he's Kulibali, Kulibali got booed because he was just a Napoli player. So all Napoli players got booed. Regardless it, wasn't of what it, was. It, was it wasn't just Koulibaly.
0: It important. Was it wasn't just Kulibali, It wasn't just Koulibaly. But, yeah, but he, what, uh, he had the nuts to actually go up to the curva.
1: Yeah, I mean, all, all of them. Yeah, I mean, not all of them. But yeah, some, some of them got, went straight for the dressing room. But Koulibaly was, I think, was quite alone I mean, by chance, obviously, when he walked um, past the curva B. And he got booed a lot, like all of them. And uh, what he did was he looked at us in Curva B and he just said, "Stay silent. He didn't do any gesture. He didn't say anything. He just looked at us in this disbelief. In like, what, what are you doing? It, was, it seemed to me he was quite angry. And I said that in the podcast. So obviously Rafa is asking, is that why he left? And my answer to Rafa is no. Obviously, that's my opinion, but I don't think so. I don't think that's, that's what happened. Also, because after that, we got the Genoa home game. And in the Genoa game, no one was booed. So, yeah, I mean, we had a, like a small part of Kurva B trying to boo and protest, but it was a, like a very small minority. The whole stadium uh, actually supported the team and supported all the players. So why would kulibali leave after so many years for something that happened once and was, was forgotten totally after brilliant. two weeks? That's yeah. definitely not the case. I don't think so. I mean, I... That's not what I saw, and that's not what I felt. So, my opinion on why Kulibali left is he was Kulibali has been put on sale for many many years now because he, for many years he was our most valuable player. So, the Lannetis learned from his mistakes of not selling players for the highest bid, like Alan. Yeah. Like, like if it's true, like he high when we got off for like thirty or forty millions, and Alan we got off for the eighty millions. Apparently we got offered 110 millions for or 100 millions for uh, Kulibali, and uh, the said no. He later regretted it, and he said in an interview after a while, after uh, I don't know, like two or three years ago, or two years ago, he said, "I'm never gonna retain players when uh, I received such a big offer." Which is yeah. why we're selling half the team now. By the way, oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he it changed its stance. He it changed his stance like two years ago. He's Probably never going to say, exactly yeah, the same. which is, I mean, it's, to be honest, it's fair. I mean, it was a big mistake not selling Alan for 80 or 70 millions to, to oh my PSG. Gosh. And uh, yeah, so I think my, my theory is that uh, Koulibaly got told every year, like for two or three years, the past three years, he got told, you are on sale, so if you receive a satisfactory offer, you're going to be sold. And Koulibaly always said, fine, I don't want to leave because he never pushed to be sold. But he accepted that. We never received a satisfactory offer and so he didn't leave. But I think after three years that you get, get told you are on the market, you're on the market, then it's it makes sense then at one point you stop and tell them,
0: you know what? See you
1: later. I yeah, w- yeah. yes, I wanna leave. You know, like you're not putting me on the market, I'm putting myself on the market. So please please let me leave. So I think well, that's what happened,
0: other than yeah. you know, well, leaving for Chelsea, which is a bigger thing. Well, that's a very thorough answer. So there you go, listeners. If you follow us on at Shadow of Vesuvio and pop us a, a voice note in a DM or we'll send us a DM and we'll give you the details of how to send something in, we will give it the full Michele treatment straight from the city itself. Um, so we're going to wrap things up in a second. But Michele, do you have any Neapolitan phrase of the week for us? Of course. Of course, I do have another Napoli at the week, and
1: it's uh, a bit. Uh, well, I think it reflects the times that we are living through right now, because always honestly, does, Michele,
0: always does.
1: Yeah, no, I know, you know, and it's yeah, it's a coincidence. No, it's not. But it's uh, you know, it's personally I'm not understanding much. You know, like I don't see a clear project for Navoli. I don't see what they're trying to do. Uh, we sold half the team, and uh, I mean. Some got asked to leave and, you know, someone, some, some, you know, uh, some players' contracts just run out. So, But still, you know, you plan for this stuff. You don't wait for them to happen. You plan for this. So you don't have to sell five starters in one window. Um, so, yeah, personally, I'm not understanding much. Uh, if I have to take a wild guess, I would say most of Napoli is not understanding where we're going either or uh, where this project is headed so this the phrase of the week reflects this state of confusion that we're having right now okay. and the, so the phrase of the week is which again is very famous i don't pick like obscure phrases this is our phrases which i hear like in the wild you know so the phrase is akarnasut e maskaruna cop i repeat akarnasut e e maccarun in Italian it would be the meat underneath and the macaroni, the pasta, over it. Okay. So so meat with the
0: macaroni on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: so what does it mean? Obviously, it doesn't make any sense to put the meat underneath the pasta, right? It's supposed to be the other way around. So it's a I an l- poison, it's l- another fucking love it, yeah, an so poison good. phrase for saying. Now you know, where things go wrong or where things are not, are not like they're supposed to be, you say, what, what is happening? What is, what, what is going on here? The meat is underneath the pasta, it's, which is a way of saying things are not going like they're supposed to be going.
0: What you need is the man with the moustache to arrive and put <laughs> yes. the meat yes. in it, the right place. But it's not coming. It's not Just coming. to show that I do listen. Um <laughs> Grazie mille, as always, uh, Michele. So, you know, we, the, the season will kick off, and obviously, we'll start to respond to what's happening in the stadium and on the pitch um, from next week. But I really enjoyed that. And as I mentioned a few times, we now have a Twitter account at Shadow of Vesuvio. Um, I'm at Henry on Twitter. Michele, your handle is at Napoli Tickets. Um, This is part of the Far From Vesuvius podcast network at Far From Vesuvius. Um, It's been really fun to be back. Looking forward to doing these more regularly now. McKenna, any last message for everyone before we go away? And I have my chain now. I want to say to myself, have faith. But I have none right now. (laughs) Well, the gauntlet's been thrown down to the team to get us excited about them. And sometimes that's okay.
1: Um, I don't want to sound too pessimistic. I'm not. I mean, I'm quite emotional. Again, I said Napoli fans are quite emotional. I'm one of them. So I think I it's fine. Now. I don't think you
0: were too down. You're very enthusiastically indifferent. So that was yeah, <laughs> that's, quite, guess, quite, yeah. that's quite a good combination. So Yeah, I good.
1: mean, I I I'm still sad in a way and mostly indifferent, but I'm still going to the games and I'm still planning to go to hold the game. I got my season tickets again. I still don't sure. don't, don't quite go know on. why, but
0: yeah. We're going to go on an emotional journey over the course of this season together. So, and thank you for joining us, listeners. You'll you'll be with us, I hope, right the way through. Do tell some friends. Get the other people to listen. And thank you very much, Forza Napoli, sempre e comune.